As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact, you are living. Now, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Can I get everybody to say sanctified? Watch it online, put in the room sanctified. It is God's will. So whoever has been praying, God, show me your will. God, I need to know your will. What's your will? One part of God's will is for you and for I to be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn. And learn in the Greek is padai. It means to train, to raise our upbringing. I need you to train your body. I need you to raise your body. I need for you to learn how to control your body in a way that is holy and honorable. Look at this, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. A verse of concern the clause that is going to come for your life and your pinky toe on tonight our clause of concern the host of verses that is going to serve as waiters on tonight lives in verse 4 and verse 5 of our foundational text where the scripture inform us I need each of you that's me that's you, that's you, that's you, that's you, and everybody watching online, that's you. I need each of you to learn. Now, as I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, you need each of us to learn how to control our body. See, this, this lets me know, and it implies, if this is something you have to learn, this must mean you have to be taught. I cannot learn a thing if I have not been taught a thing. Now this is problematic because I believe the church has done a great deal on how to rebuke you for the act. But we haven't taught you how to have self-mastery. So I'm gonna rebuke you for not being able to control your body. But I have no sermon, no discipleship, no course, no training on how to teach you how to train your body. It is God's will for us to be sanctified and for us to avoid sexual immorality, for us to love the Lord, to control our own body, not in passionate lust like the pagan who does not know God. In other words, God is saying, everybody who follows me, I need for you to have self-control. Can we go deeper? It is God's original intent. It is the original kingdom agenda for those of us who desire to be married or for those of us who are married. It is the original kingdom agenda for us to be one flesh with one person, not one flesh with several persons. All right, it's going to get real in here tonight. Y'all quiet. I'm sweating already because I know it's going to get hot for you. It is the original. Can I get somebody to say original? original? 
I know this is not popular. I know that this is not taught often, but it is God's original intent and design for those of us who desire to get married. If you don't, it's okay because marriage is not an upgrade from, from singleness. It is God's original intent for us to become one flesh with one person, not one flesh with several persons. It is God's will for us to be sanctified. And I don't want to make the erroneous assumption that all of us know what sanctification means. I did a whole class on this on our discipleship course. You want to be a part of that? Text the word discipleship to the number that you're going to see at the end of service. Sanctification is related to the word saint. To be sanctified means to be set apart for special use. Hear me. The reason God is sanctifying us and he is sanctifying you is because I need to use you for a special work. This is why I tried to get us, under, get us to understand that loneliness, many of us are saying I'm alone, but you don't even recognize, no, God has you in a place right now where I'm trying to sanctify you. I'm setting you apart and I'm teaching you and giving you the tools necessary for your assignment. Stop saying I'm so alone. No, this is a time in your life where I'm trying to sanctify your mind. I'm trying to sanctify your head. I'm trying to sanctify your passion. This is not loneliness. This is not loneliness. I'm trying to get you to know my voice. You have so many voices playing on your Spotify and playing on your Pandora and playing on your Apple Music and playing on your Netflix subscription. You have so many voices that you can't know my voice, that you don't even know my voice. So let me separate you, not to punish you, but to sanctify you because I have special use of you. I'm trying to sanctify you so that people no longer know you by your wound. Somebody say sanctify. I'm trying to sanctify you, so God is trying to get us to a place where I'm trying to purge you. And maybe the problem, maybe the problem for many of us is we haven't recognized God has you in this season because your lust is a problem. She's going to get quiet. Online, it got real quiet. You know what that means? Put your foot on the gas. Right now, and this season, your lust Oh, it's a problem. I can't even look at the opposite sex without thinking perverted thoughts. Right now, your lust is a problem. But look, God doesn't get glory out of embarrassing you. So I'm having you set apart because right now you have pagan cravings. Right now you have pagan perspectives. Right now you have a pagan appetite. Salvation is not on trial here. You confess with your mouth and you believe, in the, believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's your salvation. Now I'm trying to deal with your transformation. I'm trying to deal with your, sal- with your transformation. So now I have to get you to a place where I'm going to assist you in helping you kill your lust. I would like to speak from this thought for just a few moments on tonight. God, kill my lust. I would ask us to raise our hands, but you probably get embarrassed. But some of us are like, listen, yes, God, kill my lust. Bury it. Murder that boy. Six feet. Whatever you got to do, God, ride on it. Drive by. Kill my lust because my lust is a problem. So, God, would you anoint this atmosphere right now? Help us to have self-control 
And Father God, we are asking that the Holy Spirit come in and flood this atmosphere. Anoint me as your oracle, as the PA system of heaven, so that we will no longer bow to our flesh, but we will tell our flesh the Holy Spirit is running this. We will tell our mind the Holy Spirit is running this. And just because you arouse does not mean I have to bow. God, would you help us? So that we can have self-government and self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout amen. amen. It's confession time. I'm getting all this out the way because I have a lot to share with you. Can I get everybody in the sanctuary and everybody watching online, put this in the room in all caps. Y'all talk to me. Can I get everybody to say, Father, increase my self-control. Help me to put to death all sexual sin. My body is your temple. Now y'all say it like y'all really, really mean it. Say, Father, increase my self-control. Help me to put to death all sexual sin. My body is your temple. It is God's will that we be sanctified and that we avoid sexual immorality. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, and everybody under the sound of my voice, I would be underserving you. I would be underserving you as a brother, as a friend, as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, if we did not dedicate and ordain a segment of this cuffing season series to go to war with lust. And not just go to war with lust. I want to teach you how to use your sword to fight back. Listen, the sword is the only offensive weapon you have in your armor. I need us to know how to fight with our sword effectively. This is such a needed discussion. Because there's somebody under the sound of my voice, you are in the house, and there was somebody watching online where you are tired of taking L's in the area of your lust. I know you can't clap because it's awkward, I understand, but you are tired, exhausted, frustrated, even upset because you keep on taking L's in the arena of your lust. I'm doing this for the boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. First and foremost, I'm doing this for the glory of God, but I'm also doing this for the boyfriend and girlfriend relationship that keeps on confusing lust with love. Because love gives, but lust takes. Love serves, but lust depletes. Love sacrifices, but lust hoards. And we can't even recognize, due to how good they make you feel in the bedroom, or wherever it goes down, how good they make you feel in the back seat, how good it makes you feel in the dorm room. I'm going all the way there. How good it makes you feel in the apartment, how good it makes you feel in the kitchen, how good it makes you feel on the couch. Due to how good they make you feel, we can't discern God's red flags from butterflies. Because sex clouds judgment. And whenever your judgment is clouded, your discernment is crippled. Talk Holy Spirit. I need to say it one more time. Sex clouds judgment. And whenever your discernment, whenever your judgment is clouded, your discernment is crippled.
This is going to be good, y'all. Are y'all ready for this? I want us to get to a place where I pray that this word will slap the discernment ability back in your head. And if you have never learned how to discern, go back and binge the discernment series so that you'll stop wasting your good years on bad fruit. Stop wasting your good years on bad fruit. Can we talk? Can we talk? Whenever God gives you an indicator that something is off. Y'all ever been there? Like, you know something's off. First date, something was off. Walking down the aisle, about to get married to somebody, something was off. Went out with them, something was off. Went to the movies with them, something was off. Before you signed a contract, something was off. Before you ever had an agreement with them, something was off. I need us to get to a place that when God gives you an indicator that something is off, stop sticking around long enough to try to figure out what it is. Is there anybody on the side of my voice like, listen, I trust you, God. I don't need to know what it is. I'm not trying to be expector gadget. I'm not trying to understand. I don't need to expect. I'm not talking about paranoia. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit is cautioning you and warning you. You feel it. Whenever God gives you that indication that something is off, stop hanging around long enough to try to figure out what it is. Because you cannot love the wrong one into being God's will for your life. Talk Holy Spirit. I know it's going to get rough, but I'm trying to help somebody. You cannot love the wrong one into being God's will for your life. Everything about this relationship hurts. Everything. Everything about this relationship hurts, excuse me, outside of the orgasm exchange. (laughs) It's going to get real in the night. I I told y'all, my generation requires real. Everything hurts. There's verbal abuse. There's toxic language. There's fits of rage. We aren't submitted to the scriptures and allowing the scriptures to govern our relationship. It's traumatic moments. You know what? There is nothing more traumatizing and nothing more painful than for a person to listen to everything you've gone through and put you through it again. Y'all not talking to me. There is like you gonna sit here, hear about my childhood pain. You're going to sit here and hear about all my insecurities, all my inadequacies. I'm going to tell you about all my trauma. You're going to put me through the same thing. Pain is different. When it's somebody that gave you the best memories, but you don't want them to ever become just a memory. No, you're not crazy. You're not crazy because you want to be filled the same way you pour. You're not crazy because you want to be filled the same way you pour. It's just that lust takes, lust depletes, and lust Hordes. So you showered them with love, but they bathe you with pain. There is a different type of pain that you experience when you're trying to love somebody into being God's will. Listen, and you're enduring all of this. Why? Because sex clouds judgment. And whenever judgment is clouded, discernment is crippled. That wasn't love. That wasn't love. If it was love, then why is this relationship an incubator for your trauma 
versus fertilizer for your healing. That wasn't love. This is not love. This is not love. If it was love, why do they take everything that they hate about themselves out on you? This is not love. This is not love. If it was love, why do the words, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I apologize, I will do better, you're right, I'm tripping. Why? Why is that a foreign language? Like, is it hard for you to say I'm sorry? You pray, preach, sing, but you can't say I'm sorry. <laughs> are you the one that's always saying I'm sorry? See, listen, some people are so prideful that they apologize in their head, and they're like, if they didn't hear it, that's on them. <laughs> that's, that's on them. Prideful. But Jesus tells us, in John chapter 15, verse 13, he says, no greater love than this, than he who lays down his life for a friend. So I'm sitting here like, okay, how was it? I got so many people in my life who have told me they love me, but nobody in my life is laying nothing down. Did y'all hear what I just said? No greater love than this, than he who lays down his life for a friend. And they keep saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. But there is nothing that they're laying down. Selfishness, not laying down. Self-centeredness, not laying down. Entitlement, not laying down. Maybe we have confused lust with love. And could it be that we haven't understood that true love is when you can get naked without being naked? So good, y'all. True love is when you can get naked without being naked. Here's all my failures. Here's here's my pain. Here's what I'm dealing with that I'm battling, and I hope that you help me. Now, this is terrifying for a person that is fearful of being vulnerable because I try to cover up what I'm really dealing with. But kingdom love requires sacrifice and nakedness. Listen, listen, healing requires nakedness. Covenant requires nakedness. This is why your marriage is not as close as you want to be because you're not naked with them. I'm still covering up. It requires nakedness. So watch this. I'm having sex with somebody and I'm naked, but I'm not naked. I'm physically naked, but I'm emotionally clothed. Yeah, but I know that they love me. I know that they love me. They always tell me how much they love me. Have you noticed they say they love you so much Why y'all are having sex? Could it be they're not talking to you, but they're talking to the sex? And you happen to overhear the conversation? Y'all don't want to talk to me. (laughs) So you'll end up sleeping with somebody that makes you feel alone. Did y'all hear what I just said? Y'all sleeping together, and you got somebody in your bed, but you feel alone. You'd be surprised. Some of the most loneliest people are married. All right, y'all. I know it's rough, but I'm trying to help. I think we need to remember God's will is for us to be sanctified, for us to avoid sexual immorality. And I can't, I can't speak for anybody else. And y'all don't leave me hanging out here. I know it's kind of hot already, but don't leave me hanging out here. Is there anybody else, like if you feel me, just give me a yes. Is there anybody else that has arrived at this place in your life? Can I please have a relationship that turns out to be a blessing and not a lesson? Can I get like a yes? 
Like somebody online, yes. I had so many lessons, I should have degrees by now. Where's my PhD? Like, I want a relationship where it's not just a lesson, but it turns out to be a blessing. So we can stop wasting our good years on bad fruit. I'm doing this for the glory of God, and I'm also doing this for you. I'm doing this for this married couple. This married couple where the wife does not want to have sex with her husband. And watch this. The husband is more upset about the lack of her desire to have sex than he is on what's really going on on the inside of my queen. What, what, what's going on on the inside of my bride? Like, like what's going on in her core? Is it me? Is it something I'm doing? Because every man thinks that they could put it down. We do. I don't know why every man just naturally thinks he could fight, knock if he buck, and every man naturally thinks I could just put it down. Every man. But watch this, y'all. We haven't recognized, I'm talking to brothers now, we haven't recognized that we have let perverted minds be our sex professors. So we have let demonic instructors try to teach us how to unwrap a gift from God. <laughs> so look, look, on your wedding day, everybody comes with a gift. Well, you should. If you didn't, learn, when you go to a wedding, you're invited to bring something. Okay? On your wedding day, everybody brings a gift. So does God. His is the best gift, sex. <laughs> God has a gift too, sex. Sex, the original intent for this to be a gift by God is sex is supposed to be a gift that spouses unwrap in the blessing of covenant. If I was a note taker, I'd write that down. Sex is a gift from God that is supposed to be unwrapped by spouses in the blessing of covenant. Everybody brings a gift. She bought you plates, and they bought you glasses, and somebody else bought you some spoons. and Like, don't bring just utensils. Can you give me something else? God gave you a gift too, sex. So what we're doing is we're allowing porn stars to teach us how to open the gift. We're allowing perversion to teach us how to open the gift. We're allowing culture to teach us how to open the gift. We're allowing, I'm coming for your playlist, 90s R&B to teach us how to open the gift. We're allowing Brown Sugar and Jason's Lyric to teach us how to open the gift. We're allowing culture to teach us how to open a gift from God. Sex is a gift from God. And for most of us, the dangerous thing is we are letting perverted minds be our sex professors. When a wife doesn't want to have sex with the husband, and he's more upset about the lack of her desire than trying to understand what's going on on the inside of her, or he's overlooking his fits of rage, he's overlooking his tone, so talk to me like I'm crazy, but you want a great night in the bedroom. He's overlooking his lack of consistency I'm overlooking all that because of what I want to do. Now, please listen, because I know people always try to take stuff out of context. Uh-uh, I'm unfollowing. Uh-uh. Listen, sex 
is never allowed by the Bible to be used as a weapon. If you try to use it as a weapon, it will backfire. Sex is never allowed to be used as a weapon. When you say I do, all of this is tenacious. And all of this is mine. Okay? So whoever you say I do to, all of this is theirs. And all of that is yours. Okay? The only time we withhold is by consent. Oh, y'all getting quiet. I'm going to give y'all a Bible because y'all getting quiet. The only time we withhold is by consent. We're fasting. We're praying. Menstrual purification or a medical issue. That's it. Let me give you a Bible because y'all looking cray-cray. I want to help somebody, especially married couples. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I said, we're going to read this in the Message Bible. The Message Bible. All right, look at this. Verse 5, it says, certainly, but only within a certain context. It is good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. Sexual drives are strong. Can I get somebody to say real strong? Sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sex life in a world of sexual disorder. The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife and the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Y'all listen to this. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Abstaining from sex is permissible for a period of time if you both agree on it. And if it is for the purposes of prayer and fasting, but only for such times. Then come back together. Satan has an ingenious way of tempting us when we least expect it. This is so good, y'all. Marriage is a lifelong dance of serving one another. And for all men, it is a kingdom biblical requirement for me to model in laying my life down. It is a kingdom biblical requirement for me to serve and for me to lead. Leading and being a kingdom man, that's just what we do. But here's the question, can you lead any other place besides the bedroom? Can you lead in any other place besides pain? Can you lead in any other place besides heartache? I need you to lead. And ladies, don't clap too much. Can you help? <laughs> Can you help? See, I'm not a woman. Thank God. But if I was, I would ask myself this question. Can I honor him, though? Because... The Bible tells us to love our wife like Christ of the church and gave himself up for her. So biblical kingdom, manhood, kingdom love, I'm giving up myself, up my desires, up what I want. The Bible tells her to honor him. Can you honor his position more than his person? Woo! When he's getting on your nerves, can you still honor the position? More than you honor the position of your boss who gets on your nerves, but you don't say what you want to say because they pay you. Okay? So if I was a woman, and I'm not, I would ask myself, can I honor that type of man, though? 
I, I know he's fine, and I know we've known each other, but can I imagine that being my head? Can I imagine that being the gatekeeper of my home? Can I trust him with the responsibility to engage in spiritual warfare and protect me and my babies? Can I see that in him? Can, can I see that covering me? And same thing for my brothers. Can I see her honoring anything? If I need to help meet what places can she help me meet that I can't meet by myself? And you have to understand this. You don't need a help meet if you're not trying to get to any place. Because nobody wants to follow a man who's not going anywhere. Where we going, bruh? What we doing, bruh? What's your plan? What's your vision? What's your goal? I don't know. You're fine. Negative, sir. <laughs> oh, this is so good. When sex is seen... As disgusting due to the sexual abuse we got to talk about this y'all we have to normalize having uncomfortable conversations especially in church when sex is seen as disgusting due to the sexual abuse and now I am feeling dirty and I've never played in the mud somebody took something from me like perversion touched me before puberty ever had me and something happened in my life before I was ever able to even understand sexual arousal. That was supposed to be for my husband, not your perversion. And it happens to men too. That was supposed to be for my wife, not your perversion. Sexual abuse is real and it's in the church. And many pastors have been the ones who are spearheading it in counseling sessions and in booths. And I'm dealing with it. And the place that was supposed to heal me gave me trauma. And so now I'm struggling and I'm wondering, can God still love somebody with all of these mustangs? And I came here on tonight to debunk the lies of the enemy. The blood is greater than mud. There is no depth. There is no heights. There is no valley. There is no mountain. There is no desert. There is no wilderness. There is no ocean that is too far for you to not experience the love of God. God doesn't see you by what you've done. He sees you by the blood. And I think we need to pause. I know we were just serious, but I think we need to pause for a second. Everybody online, join us for a virtual praise break. Is there anybody thankful for the blood? See, okay, there's some stuff that don't nobody know about, but you and God. I'm thankful that he covered it. The blood still works and it's greater than mud we have to normalize preaching hard sermons we have to normalize it it may not get a lot of likes and that's okay it may not get a lot of follows and that's okay it may not grow your platform and that's okay you may not be able to open another campus because of these type of messages and that's okay you may not get a bigger offering but that's okay somebody will be set free 
There will be a marriage that gets restored. There will be a college student that is fighting for purity in a sick world. And purity is not just resisting not having sex. It is the resistance of defilement. It will help you get stronger. I need to have messages that remind my sisters that you are a queen. You don't have to keep running into the arms of a man, run into the loving arms of Jesus so that you can stop hating what you see in the mirror. Your beauty is deeper than Sephora. Your beauty is deeper than Mac. I feel this, y'all. And the same thing for my brothers who are ashamed because of what our uncle did. And now we feel as though manhood is how well I throw these. Manhood is you following Jesus and giving him everything you have. That's manhood. You are the apex of God, bro. There's a lion that lives on the inside of you. Let the earth hear your roar. Stop questioning who you are because of what culture views as success. The world is not your mirror. It is your canvas. And we are God's paintbrush. The world is not your mirror. It is your canvas. And we are God's paintbrush. I'm doing this for the woman or the man who's struggling with pornography in secret. Let let me tell you something. Pornography and sex-related sites. I want to give you some statistics. Pornography and sex-related sites make up 60% of daily web traffic. And out of Internet users, 40% visit porn sites once a month. And that number increases to 70% when we're dealing with men between the ages of 18 and 35. And so now we have sisters who want godly men, but in secret, perversion is training us how to love. I'm doing this for the individual that is a virgin or you're practicing abstinence. And you're starting to wonder, is it really worth it? Because your birthday just came by. The holidays just came by. And it seems as though everybody else is engaged in the basket and robins of sex exchange. You know how basket robins, 31 31 flavors, you got sprinkles, you got hot fudge, but the devil never tells you about the calories, though. (laughs) Like, like we we heard about STDs, but what about that other STD? The, the, The spiritually tormenting devils. There is always a torment that we will experience when we go outside of the will of God. I'm not talking about a soul tie because the blood covered everything. Your soul is tied to the cross. I got to break these generational curses. Listen, generational curses were broken at the cross. Generational cycles are broken in your head. Did y'all hear what I just said? The blood broke it and the blood breaks Every generational curse. It's just that for most of us, we're following generational cycles. There's a torment that comes every time we do things outside of the will of God. I'm doing this for the glory of God and for the individual who is struggling to forgive the person who molested you. I'm struggling with forgiving them. I don't see how a good God could love a person after they did what they did to me. I'm struggling with that. I'm doing this for the individual 
who are struggling with forgiving yourself for every sexual encounter you had that was vandalism of the soul. And now I'm only seeing myself as dirty. And yes, you raise your hands and you say that God forgives you. But truth be told, you haven't forgiven yourself. I'm doing this for the individual who had a sexual experience that was so intense that you are now having pornographic dreams. Y'all not talking to me. I'm talking about you wake up and your flesh is on fire. Pornographic cinematography film that happened in your dream life to where you're like, how am I reading the Bible like this? How am I fasting like this? How am I praying like this? I'm binging these sermons. I'm listening to several. How am I getting this much Bible, but my flesh is still on fire like this? Am I really free? Am I really delivered? Let me help you. That wasn't you. That was a satanic attack. Gosh, I hope this helps somebody. The enemy knows the warfare is in your head. If I can't get you to go back, maybe I could throw a thought in their mind. Maybe I could throw a dream in their mind. And they're talking about it all day, not knowing that that talking about it is watering it. That was a satanic assault that's trying to get us to a place where I go back. But here's the thing. Anytime the enemy steps up his attack, it's because he's upset because he no longer has you. So good, y'all. The sword is the only offensive weapon you have. Let me give you a Bible. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Somebody say, be strong. Put on the whole armor, not some of it. Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shoed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want to teach us how to sword fight. Whenever we have those thoughts that come in our life, have a sword fight. What scripture do you have that is going to help you prepare yourself to fight back? If you don't have any, I'm going to give you a few. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Whenever the pop-up happens, whenever the DM happens, whenever the text happens, remember this scripture. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. It doesn't satisfy me. It doesn't satisfy, that doesn't satisfy me. It's fleeting. The pleasures of sin are fleeting, and sexual sin will always leave you more thirsty after you take a drink. Give you more Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. It says, flee. Somebody say flee. flee. 
Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, and love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. See, this is the problem. Some of us are running from, but we're not running to. What do you run to? I just got to go to gym. I just got to work out. I just gotta, my flesh on fire. I'm just trying to do everything I know how to do. Okay, you're running from, but what are you running to? Getting ahead of myself, a list of do's and don'ts doesn't work. I tried it. Y'all look real saved. I'm going to look real unsaved. I tried it. I ain't going to watch porn today. I ain't going to do it today. I'm not going to do it today. I'm going to be godly today. I'm going to read my Bible today. I'm cool Monday. Tuesday, I'm kind of burning. Wednesday, oh, Lord. Then I got to go to class, and it's a little more on fire. And I fall on Thursday. God, I'm so sorry. 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 Has anybody ever been in a cycle of asking for forgiveness for the same sin? Y'all look holy. I'm going to just talk about me. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did it. Okay, I'm not going to do this. And because I messed up, I'm going to punish me. Y'all ever did that? I'm going to punish myself. I'm not going to eat breakfast. I'm not going to eat breakfast. No, I'm not going to the gym. I'm going to punish me. I got to teach me a lesson because I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do this and I can't do that. And then you go to church sometimes and they have legalistic messages and they say you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't do that. And then you go home. That's right. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm like, bro, the gospel is about liberation, not limitation. In the Garden of Eden, God said, just don't eat from one I'm thinking y'all got all these trees. I don't know how many trees there were. He said, just don't eat one. And so I recognized, oh, the list of do's and don'ts doesn't work. Fight for joy. Yeah, that's it. Fight for joy. That freedom that you feel, I didn't engage in this today. It's not about the staircase one stair at a time. I didn't watch this today. I didn't sleep with my boyfriend today. I didn't do this with my girlfriend today. And some of us need to break up. It happened to me right before I met Tanisha. And this was the question that I asked myself that caused me to get to the place where I recognized this wasn't God's will. Is it hard for me to be holy with her? Like being with you is a war zone. Just walking around with a towel. I'm getting ready in a moment. Girl, what you doing? What you doing? And I'm going to be like, God, come on. God has given me self-control. God is, why am I fighting harder to be with you? Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, For it is we who are circumcised, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in the flesh. Sword fight. Let me tell you something. Your flesh will embarrass you. We didn't say nothing, so I'm going to say it again. Your flesh will embarrass you. You're not that strong. Sis, I know you came to Thursday night service, but you're not that strong. The Bible just told us we put no confidence in the flesh. I can handle it. I'm going to just go back over there. The reason I don't go back to old places is because it could bring out an old me. Y'all talk to me. Somebody say, put no confidence in the flesh. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, short verse. It says, and do not give the devil a foothold. I mean, no place. So I'm going to help us because I get all these comments and DMs about people saying different. I'm going to help us, okay? A foothold 
view it as an usher. When you came to church tonight, there was possibly somebody who told you, this is where you sit. Ushers point you to where you're going to sit. So, no, going over his apartment or their apartment at 2 and 3 in the morning, that's not sin. Oh, but it is an usher. It could lead to something. Ushers guide you to your seat. Somebody left a comment, yeah, I just disagree. Ain't nothing wrong with me buying a condom. It's not sin. You're right, homie. It's not. But let me ask you this question. Why you buy the condom, though? Why are you planning? Like, what are you planning to do with the condom? And is the condom an usher? This is so good. What does it lead to? And sisters always be amening, but you made sure that you went to Victoria's Secret and your undergarments matched on purpose. You're not saying nothing, but just in case, y'all don't get quiet on me, just in case something goes down, I want to make sure everything matches. It's an usher. (laughs) It's going to help somebody. I told you it's going to help you. It's going to help you. It's an usher. And I want to just keep on putting my foot on the gas. Sexy, by definition, means to stimulate, to draw, or to awaken one's sexual appetite. I'm just trying to be sexy. Okay, is that an usher? Could that lead to something? Jerry, there's some men who will lust after a tree. Like, (laughs) there's nothing I could do about that. You just do what you know how to do. Because it is God's will for us to be sanctified. What does that mean? He wants to sanctify you, set you apart for his special use. You can't do what every other woman does. You can't do what every other man does. Why? Because you're special. I'm talking to somebody. I know it's hot behind the back of your neck. It's uh, it's okay. And then let's go ahead and deal with masturbation. Is it an usher? Let me point three things out. First thing I want us to consider, was it formed in Egypt? That means it is something that was formed in your former life. Former life. This is what I was doing before Christ. Like, no, I started doing this after Christ because I don't want to sleep around. I need self-control, and this just helps me. Okay. Does it lead to something? Does it lead to something? Masturbation is always nearly the result of lustful thoughts. Number two, I'm going to keep going. Is it an usher? What is it leading your mind to think about? We still disagree? Okay. Number three, argue with this. Does it give God glory? First Corinthians chapter 10. I love preaching the Bible. I don't preach preferences unlike some people. I preach Bible. I'm looking in the text. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, somebody say whatever, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Does this give God glory? Is it an usher? So I want to show us how I believe the enemy does this. Y'all come up here real quick. Can I get somebody to say Perverted introduction. Online, put in the room, perverted introduction. So this is how it starts. Perverted introduction is when somehow and some season in my life, I was introduced to perversion. So the enemy wants me to see things through the lens of perversion. I can't even look at my sister without thinking perverted thoughts. 
I want to introduce you to perversion. Every one of your friends, all of our playlist is the same. All of our conversations are the same. I want to introduce you to perversion. It could happen at five. It could happen at 15. The enemy strives to introduce you to perversion. The second thing he strives to do is normalize perversion. Y'all come here. So now I'm going <clears throat> to have friends, and y'all all put your glasses on. I'm going to have friends where we all see the same. All of us. Let's normalize this. So remember, sex is a gift from God that is supposed to be unwrapped by spouses and the blessing of covenant. So I presented you with perversion. Now I'm going to surround you by perversion. Y'all start opening the gift. So my best friend, they having sex. My other friend, they having sex. She having sex. And I'm hanging around all of them. So y'all guess what? Now it's normal for me to think this is normal because I'm surrounded and the enemy has normalized perversion. Have you noticed the TV shows, the primetime TV shows always usually have a sex scene in it? And it's usually a man and a man or a woman and a woman. Sometimes it's a man and a woman. But I want to desensitize you to God's original intent and I want to normalize perversion so that we're all seeing things this is why some of us don't even think twice about it because your boyfriend see crooked <laughs> your spouse sees through perversion now watch this now for me to go with you you got your other glasses for me to go with her she has a level of perversion i'm not seeing things through the scriptures i'm seeing things through the perversion so for me to be with you she hands me glasses. So now I could be just like her. And this is how a lot of us look in our relationships. Your ex handed you some lens, and another ex handed you some lens, and another ex handed you some lens. Good God, some of us walk around like this. <laughs> we have lens from mama, lens from Day Day, lens from Michelle, lens from Michael, lens from Ashley, lens from Janet. And you wonder why you can't see through the lens of the scriptures? Portals strengthen patterns. So the perverted pattern I have, I'm no longer thinking to fight it because it's been normalized by all of my friends. Somebody say perversion. Then we discover we're bound to perversion. So this is when you're like, okay, this is wrong. I love Jesus. Who is that though? No. I'm saved. Who is he though? Holy Spirit changed my life. I'm going to Thursday night service. I'm going to serve in ministry. And I'm going to start seeking God. But man, he in my DMs though. And so now, I wonder is anybody honest enough to say, this is how you look in the spirit. Okay. Okay. Help me. Okay. Lord, I need you. Help me. God, I'm struggling. Help me. Bound. Back and forth. 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 Bound to perversion. And so we start hooking up with people who are bound in the same area. 
Then after I'm bound with perversion, I battle with perversion. What I'm trying to get us to understand, the only way we can get this lust under control is we got to starve perversion. Give me your glasses. Starve it. I'm not hanging with this. I'm not hanging with that. I'm not going here. I'm breaking them. The only way you could defeat lust is because it's never satisfied. You starve it. You starve it. View it as a ferocious beast that is eating your mind and your sanity as its meal. You starve it. You starve it. How do you starve the flesh? Fast. Wherever your flesh rages when you're fasting is showing you where the enemy has you seeing things through a lens. And you'll never know what area of your life is raging unless you fast. Fasting is training yourself to say no. I want to end with this. I already gave you one. A list of do's and don'ts doesn't work. Number two, we have to use our sword. It's the only offensive weapon you have. Number three, watch your consumption. It's going to be hard for you to be holy, and I'm still listening to 90s R&B. Nobody said amen, so I'm going to say it again. It's going to be hard for you to be holy when I'm still listening to 90s R&B. They lied to us. They lied to us. I'm dealing with strongholds due to my playlist. And last point, watch your environments. Once Jerry starts starving, once Jerry starts seeking God's face and fasting, I noticed there was another side of me that would come out in the club that I didn't see all week. I'm trying to be honest with y'all. Coming to Bible study, reading the word, seeking the Lord, praying and fasting, but I wanted to pledge. So I went to the club with all of my boys and I'm noticing all that fasting and everything I was doing to die my flesh came right back. Thank you, bro. I've been having you on lock all week. Until I recognized this is an atmosphere where sin could reign. Take a fish out of water or suffocate. View your flesh as a shark. I wouldn't want to swim with any shark. I'm never going to be that dude on Animal Planet trying to pet a shark. It's not me. But put a shark on sand. It's not as strong. And a lot of us don't even recognize the reason your flesh is on fire is because you're keeping it in the water. That could be who you're dating, what you're watching, who you're talking to. And I want to encourage you, maybe you're stronger than you think. You just have your flesh in the water. So God, would you help us on tonight? Help us to have victory, God, in the secret places. Help us, oh God to surrender to the Holy Spirit that's trying to sanctify us, that's trying to purify us. You told us in your word to avoid it. And many times, God, it is hard. Sex drives are strong, but I just believe that the Holy Spirit could be the brakes. 
Testament, even in marriage, God. Marriage doesn't cure lust, it exposes it. If it cured it, adultery wouldn't exist. Help us to stop seeing through the lens of culture, but to see through the lens of your scriptures. We ask that you forgive us for all things that we have done with your temple outside of your will. And God, would you strengthen us to recognize my body is not mine, but it's yours. Help us to produce the fruit of the spirit of self-control. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.